Hi, everybody. I'm Jordan Ostroff from Legalese Marketing, and this is Exhibit A Attorneys, where we interview attorneys and other experts around the country to talk about what it truly takes to be the Exhibit A of a successful lawyer. Um, there's probably no better expert, or at least certainly not uh, that many, than Jan Roos, who's joining me today. Today, we're going to talk about the legal marketing fast lane, how to build your competitive advantage. And this is something that I really think needs to be hammered home by so many attorneys. And I'm so glad that we have the opportunity to have his insight on this as well. Because remember, there are 1.3 million attorneys in the country. At least last I checked, there's probably more since then. Uh, and so when somebody has to hire an attorney, you've got to be number one of 1.3 million. So if anybody doesn't already know Jan, he has generated millions in revenue for law firms through digital advertising for his agency, Case Fuel and his best-selling book on the subject, The Legal Marketing Fastlane. After seeing the success of his largest clients, he's added helping firms double their case files without increasing spend through focusing on intake processes, in addition to innovation and new ways to bring clients using paid traffic. Uh, they focus on over 100-plus estate planning firms in the last year. The key to this is teaching clients about making a non-urgent sale like estate planning into something that is urgent. And obviously, nobody wants to uh, face their own mortality and understand that they will die. But uh, I hate to break it to you. It's coming for all of us. So great thing to be able to explain to estate planning attorneys to explain to their clients in a way where it doesn't come off. Uh, I don't know. Scummy? Is that a is that a fair word? Use car salesman and whatnot. So yeah. I just I, I love what you all are doing. <laughs> um, all right. Awesome. I super appreciate the intro. And um, yeah, I'm trying to think what would be the word that I'd use for it? No one wants to be a salesperson. One of my favorite um, phrases is, I borrow this from Joe Polish, is that people actually love being sold, but they hate being pressured. And uh, I think a uh, good sale doesn't feel like a sale. If most people think about a situation like used car sales or like um, one of those like mall kiosk perfume guys, it's not the sale that feels bad about that. It's the pressure. I always love like you're walking through a fancy upscale mall and suddenly this dude's like, Yo, you want to try this soap? Here's the soap. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no, I don't. Um, right, so yeah. we're going to get into uh, how to build your competitive advantage. But before that, I want to talk about our um, last episode that aired on Monday with Devin Slavinsky, who talked to us about the steps to creating organic community visibility. And while I still don't think anybody will believe me, Literally, from my entire viewpoint of the show, Devin was upside down due to crazy Windows updates. So I'm glad to have a guest who's right side up, uh, and so Breezy doesn't have to fix it. While we go live, somehow he did it. I have no idea. All right, so how to build your competitive advantage. I want to start in the most simple way possible. What is a competitive advantage? Okay, really good question. Um, I think competitive advantage... Oh, <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, competitive advantage is like basically at the end of the day, um, I think one of the challenges that's been facing attorneys in this current year of marketing is not access to clients, it's differentiation from other firms out there. So if we wanted to roll the clock back to like 2005 or something like that, if you were somebody who had a website, that was a competitive advantage. But I think as technology and the market and competition marches forward, you have to kind of figure out what constitutes something that's going to be an advantage and what's just kind of table stakes. And I think the requirements are constantly changing. It could be different for, you know, 
in downtown Beverly Hills versus, you know, the rural Montana, the competitive advantage could be at a really different place for those different things. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if you're operating from a place of assuming that other people are have access to what you have, you have to figure out a reason why somebody is going to pick your firm other uh, instead of other firms. And hopefully that reason shouldn't be priced if you plan on scaling your firm to uh, any capacity. I love it. And I think we could do a whole hour on exactly just that last sentence about price. The, um, I was reading something. It was like, if you compete on price, I, somebody else is willing to go out of business faster than you or, or something or competing <laughs> on price. The worst thing that can happen is you come in second or like whatever it was. Um, yeah. So, and I love that it's different for different areas. Cause like we have an attorney in Florida who literally the only sales pitch I've ever seen from him on his billboards is he graduated from Harvard law. And like, that's the, you should hire my firm because I graduated from Harvard, which I guess is a cool differentiator down here. But I imagine like, that's not going to fly in, you know, Boston, Massachusetts. You'll see a lot more of those people. Uh, and by those people, I mean, Harvard educated lawyers, not anything negative on him. <laughs> so are we talking about the competitive advantage being something about from the standpoint of how it impacts the client's case? the attorney's background, the client's experience? Could it be any of those things? Like what, what really is a competitive advantage in from the 10,000 foot view? And then we'll talk about some hopefully specifically good examples. Yeah, I was going to say that too, because it's like, I think you mentioned it uh, in the intro. It's like, we've been doing a ton of work with estate planning attorneys, um, but I'll try to keep it like as general as possible. Cause obviously it's going to be like, you know, <laughs> a lot of people aren't going to be practicing that area a lot. And frankly, I think that, practice area works a lot differently than a lot of other areas of law. But yeah, basically to get more specific on it, competitive advantage has to be relevant for the person that you're in front of, right? Um, for some places, it's like, you know, if you're um, where you're at, Jordan, like you weren't going to outbid Morgan and Morgan, right? So when you guys are going after stuff for your personal injury practice, you're focusing on different things. And actually, I think we went on our, our show, right? Where you're, you're doing this stuff for the different college students and that kind of thing, which was a competitive advantage to them. But um, it's kind of, there's, there's sort of two sides to a competitive advantage now that I kind of think about it. Like there's, there's, I guess like global competitive advantages. Like if you're the person who's, you know, done, I don't know, X, Y, Z billions of dollars in verdicts, that's, that's a pretty good competitive advantage. But, um, when you're zooming in on an initial people, uh, sorry, an initial like individual, um, you know, competitive advantages for who you are as the prospect looking at a piece of marketing is uh, sometimes going to be more relevant, right? It's like there's there's situations where people are operating in sub niches, right? And just to kind of think of um, a specific example that I have, uh, there is a firm that we were working with in Atlanta and the, uh, the proprietor was a gay guy. And basically he was really uh, accessible to non-traditional families. So if somebody was in that specific niche, that was what they had. And uh, they have the choice of, do I want to go with the most esteemed like marquee estate planning firm in Atlanta, or do I want to go with somebody who understands my situation at like a deep level? And that's a choice that every prospect makes. But I think there's a lot of benefits to going niche and that's a whole different conversation uh, to, to kind of get started with. But, you know, looping back in towards that price thing, right? Um, one of the issues that I see a bunch is that, you know, that's ultimately it's, it's sort of your uh, monopoly power, right? Like if you have a huge competitive advantage, then you have more of an ability to charge what you want because it's non-exchangeable with other people that might be showing up on, uh, you know, whatever platform you happen to be showing up on, right? And like, I always come from the world, like way back in the day, like we were 100% about Google ads. So, 
you know, there's no one, the best Google ads person in the world can't make you be the only person who shows up on that result. Right. So it's like, we kind of base that as table stakes for most of the life of the agency. But um, yeah, it's like, you know, depending on what the, like the, I guess like the arena that you're in, like there's always like options, but um, you have to get people's attention to the point where you can communicate that advantage in the first place. Right. And you have to have the targeting to make sure that you're getting in front of people that message matters to the first place. Right. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of dimensions to it. So correct me if I'm wrong here, because we keep talking about niche in essence, it sounds like niche is kind of the, what you do and competitive advantage is how you do it better for a specific client. Is that a fair assessment or am I missing the point here? Um, no, I'd say that's fair. And like competitive advantage too. It's like, basically, uh, if we're getting to like super old school, I think the, the people who really started popularizing this were like, uh, I think Michael Porter from, um, Harvard business school, like way back in the eighties. So it's like, there's, there's things on that, but I, I think the way that those things are, cause yeah, in the, there's like a general and a specific sense of that, but like competitive advantage can also be uh, an advantage that you have as a firm. Right. So it's like, if you have the ability to do work cheaper, better, deeper, you know, with, with a certain thing, then that's, that's absolutely something that you can do. And like, that's kind of like more of like an economics competitive advantage. Right. Um, but yeah, I would say broadly, the competitive advantage is something that's more localized towards you. And then I, I think like the niche would be more localized towards like who you're trying to serve. So what is, so I guess, actually, let me back up for a second. Mm -hmm. I am hopeful that anybody listening to or watching this wants to have a competitive advantage and does not want to be just a quote, another lawyer, unquote. So getting past the concept of you should have a competitive advantage if we sat down with an attorney on day one and they were, you know, redoing everything in their firm, they were willing to put whatever it was as their competitive advantage. They were willing to start working towards it. How do you come up with what that competitive advantage should be? And then let's talk about how do you, you know, utilize that better? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I would say like one of the things that we, we ask, like when we get somebody on, and there's a couple different directions they can go in. And like within the stuff that we do specifically, it's like usually going to be like general estate planning or like uh, asset protection for elder or like, you know, some variety of asset protection for wealthy people or guardianship or something like that. So there's not a tremendous amount of different things that we can do as far as the pre-planning space. But if people have multiple, the first question I usually ask is going to be, um, which one of these excites you the most? At the end of the day, um, and I think most people, I would say it's, it's more common than not that attorneys will have kind of like a buffet of options. It's very rare that you see like a day one attorney who's like, I do this and this is all I do. So I think one of the, the biggest things to do is, is, but this is the thing, like you kind of have a lot of different roads that you can potentially go down as, um, as a day one attorney. And the, the thing is that like, one of the things is it's kind of impossible to see where any of these roads will lead over the course of like the next six months, year, whatever. But probably the best indicator of, of where things could be good, I think is excitement, right? So I think the first thing would be deciding on which one to, to really focus on. I think like your energy around that is probably what I would recommend following. Um, it's kind of interesting. There's like, um, do you ever hear <laughs> like a cheesy quote? Do you know like the, the, la um, the Latin, the root of the word decide, Jordan? I have no idea. Yeah, it's the same as it's the same as death. So it's like decimate. So basically, decide decide is to kill. <laughs> so uh, to make truly make a decision is to cut yourself off. So it's to cut or to kill. So it's to, uh, to to truly decide is to cut off other options and past the point where you have something that you're really doing. 
Um, that's honestly one of the biggest things, because basically as far as competitive advantage goes, um, just because you like something more on day one doesn't mean that's your competitive advantage. That becomes a competitive advantage, you know, months, years, decades down the line, hopefully, because you've been running into the problems more frequently uh, in that chosen field than the other people who might be doing it once every six months or every 10 years or something like that. So I think it's super important to start from a place, but there's kind of, and then like, as far as like the process for, for going up, like, it's just like one of the things um, I just recorded a podcast episode on this. So it's like super top of mind, but going out there and actually just doing this stuff is pretty much how you get started. And like, I, I'm, 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 we can get more specific on what that sort of entails. But one of the things that I see is a super, super common problem is that people kind of have this, um, they sort of defer their decisions to how things are going to prove out. And like, I'm all for market research and all that stuff, but basically um, some people operate with like, okay, well, if this works out, I should get some sort of like a really easy get in the beginning. And then if I'm encountering resistance, that's evidence to me that this is the wrong path I'm not on. So you have this situation where somebody might care about something or they might not, or they might not make a decision in the first place. So they're hedging their bets. And then that's how you guaranteed not <laughs> to develop any sort of a competitive advantage is if you're running away when you run into the first hurdle for, for anything that you do. But like, so obviously I totally agree with you in terms of attorney on day one, but like, let's say somebody came to you with an established practice. So they're not doing door law, threshold law, whatever. Like they've got, they've got that niche, but they're redoing all of their marketing from the ground up, you know, so you're talking to them about what cases they like, but then like, how does that become the benefit of them versus the attorney doing the same practice area next door? Like do you, do you have them outline what makes them better? Do you have, do you walk them through some questions to ask? Like, how does that conversation take place? Okay, super good. And then let me zoom in a little bit on like a really specific case and I'll sure. just kind of go into some of the stuff that we're doing for the state planning. So, okay. So as far as, okay, in the general case, the important thing is you have to get people's attention. This would be cross channel. Um, we're going to get super zoomed into uh, automated webinars on Facebook in about 30 seconds. But across channel, the really important thing is that you have to get people's attention so that you have the opportunity to educate them on why you're different. So they can at that point decide whether it's something they care about or not, right? So the way that we do that with uh, state planning attorneys is we use webinars. So, and this is like a pretty stark contrast to what we were doing as far as Google ads before. And like, actually one of the big reasons that I went into uh, Facebook for estate planning attorneys, it, it's like one of the things I always think about is kind of channel market fit. So basically we were having a lot of success with pretty much every practice area except for estate planning attorneys. And the issue that we had with estate planning attorneys was they kept saying, you know, we're just getting price shopped like crazy. And not that price shopping isn't an issue for other areas of law, but it's it's a particularly big issue for estate planning because you don't have that hair on fire challenge. So somebody can take the luxury of, I mean, like I hope there aren't any sickos like that out there in your market, but like, they could literally say, yeah, I'm gonna like, you know, take the first 10 pages of Google. I'm gonna talk to one attorney every other day and I'm gonna truly get the best decision at the lowest price or whatever. People can do that as long as they don't die at some point, that's theoretically possible. I mean, when I'm from Florida, so <laughs> it's probably that motivated by like raccoon made meth. So we definitely have a, it's definitely an experience. Yeah. But, you know, to contrast with other like areas of law, it's like if you got, you know, the ICE agents are knocking at your door, or your wife just served you the divorce papers, or you're in the hospital with the full body cast, you can't take a year to make that decision. So we had to super, super zoom in on this from the estate planning perspective. 
So as far as how we communicate that too, it's a little bit different. So it's like basically um, instead of selling the phone call or the consultation, and we actually tried that on Facebook for a while, um, mixed results, I will say generously. <laughs> but um, why this ended up working is that we basically only had to sell um, access to sort of like information, right? And there's kind of a give and take with this, right? So the cool thing about estate planning, and again, it's what we do. It's not, this is not the only application for this kind of funnel, but if you guys want to think in a more broad sense about where this might be able to interact with your, like your practice area, I think for a lot of that more demand event stuff, if you're in the situation where your practice area is a hair on fire problem, this might not be the best fit, but if there's anything where there's a gap in education, um, and I'll just give a super, like super simple example for estate planning. Um, most people, in my opinion, if they truly knew what the probate process would do to their family, would be incentivized to take the next steps towards solving that. It's not general. Um, a lot of times, this is like a really surprising piece of feedback. Is like I've been in, you know, doing estate planning markets since 2016. But it was like people are like, when I tell people about the costs associated with probate, it's a jaw dropping moment in, in live seminars. I'm like, how do people not know this? But um, that's kind of your advantage. So you have something that you, you're an expertise in as an attorney. Um, that's not something that everyone knows. So if you can basically figure out a way to make that enticing, to educate people about something like that, webinar is one way to do it. Then you also have an opportunity to differentiate yourself. So if I'm really kind of like digging into it, like what sort of happens with this, the way that you reach somebody actually is a point of differentiation itself. Because if you're the person who's doing the webinar ad when everyone else is doing the Facebook lead ad or the YouTube ad or well, probably not YouTube ad, <laughs> Google ad or like the lead magnet ad, then that's a point of differentiation. That's a, that's a competitive advantage in and of itself. But what I really like about this particular strategy is it's a little gambit that buys you a lot of bandwidth from somebody, right? Because basically if, if we've gotten that sign up for five or 10 bucks, hopefully, and that person ends up showing up on the webinar. Now we have a captive-ish audience for probably between 45 and 55 minutes, which is really cool. And that's where we have a lot of time to really, really um, make distance compared to the other attorneys there. I'm like going way back in the day to kind of generalize this for estate planning. It's like, this is why um, it's interesting. Like when, when we were like really going into this, one of the things that like we always used to do whenever we have a prospect that hops on a phone call or schedule some time with us is like, you know, we just check out their law firm website and you can suss out pretty quickly after you do five or 10 or 20 of these. And I, mean, I wouldn't recommend anyone do this unless you're really bored, but you can pretty much tell how big a practice is by like at a glance at their website before too long. <laughs> and when we ever got on the phone, we asked people pretty candidly about the revenues and if they were serious, they volunteer them. But like we came to the conclusion that for the most part, the market leaders anywhere in the country and like probably the vast majority of estate planning boutique practices that were doing more than seven figures, almost all of them were using some variation of direct mail to seminars prior to 2020. Um, and the reason that this works, exact same principle. Do I have your attention to the point of view? And again, we're bribing them, uh, for lack of a better word, for most cases with the dinner or the, you know, whatever, the meet and greet. But once we have them captive, then we have the opportunity to make difference. So the thing is that so the channel itself is a competitive advantage. If you have a way to communicate that information, this is why that's a competitive advantage. You've gotten an hour of someone's time, an hour that they've spent with you and your expertise. And at the end, if your price is higher, they have to weigh that against the possibility of going with somebody who they don't understand. And that ultimately is what gives people the ability to charge what they deserve because they don't have to compete on 
you know, the 10 lines of text that you wrote versus the 10 lines of text the other guy wrote. And I think honestly, that's true of a lot of channels that are that are active right now. And again, like, um, you know, we are speaking about estate planning attorneys specifically, but there's a lot of principles that can be kind of generalized from this. But like, yeah, think about it. If you have the opportunity to have an hour worth of time with somebody um, in the form of a webinar, and again, there are some givens built into that. It's got to be a webinar that people stay on for an hour. And there's we can absolutely talk about how to do that. But, um, you know, that's that's a huge advantage compared to your Apple listing versus the next person's Apple listing. Right. And then you're less likely to get price shopped again. Obviously, nothing's impossible, but um, you at least have a reason why somebody would want to go with you instead of somebody else. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. Like, you know, the competitive advantage, the more of a difference that you can make on your practice, and this is for any practice, the more of a difference you have, the less likely you are to be price shopped. Like, think about it. If you want to buy an electric car in the United States today, I think there are other brands, but there's really nothing besides Tesla that's seriously out there. But like, if you're trying to buy a laundry detergent on Amazon, there's probably 50 different options. You know, they'll all probably do the same thing. So it's like, what camp are you, are you pushing yourself towards and the, the approach that you're taking to people and like, you know, how you're developing your practice as a whole. So, okay. So the competitive advantage, it doesn't have to be that like you've been through a terrible probate as the client. It doesn't have to be that you have your, you know, financial planning degree. So you're better at estate plans. It can be how you're marketing it. It can be the information you share. It can be how you position yourself as the go-to expert. Yeah. Yeah. I would say. And the other thing too, is that, you know, those, all those things can be the competitive advantage. Um, I mean, the thing is that it's, it's how you can communicate it, right? It's like, you know, this is the thing, like if you have a really good personal story, that's something that works really, really well in webinars, by the way, if you have a really good personal story, um, it doesn't matter if you have that, if you can't communicate that, but once you have the ability to, to, you know, take advantage of somebody's attention, again, this could be in your consultation process. This could be in, the uh hold message on your on your phone this could be on your website this could be a lot of different things but basically um yeah a lot of these things can be a competitive advantage but it's just like i think the way that i like to think about it is just like invisibly imagining your competitors in a room with you or in front of uh, on you know <laughs> imagine you're speed dating with your competitors right and gotten hopefully it never gets to that point but if you're ready for that if the day comes you'll be ready for the day with hopefully you don't have to Makes perfect sense. So I guess that leads me to this question, sort of, I want to backtrack to that attorney on day one who doesn't necessarily have the giant expertise, doesn't have the budget along those lines. Like, obviously you still need a competitive advantage and you still need something that's genuine and honest. So how do you thread the needle or when do you make that transition from, you know, my competitive advantage being, I'm always going to be the one answering the phone. It's always going to be me you're going to have me the whole time to a more scalable firm to a larger firm as you grow. Do you work towards getting away from that competitive advantage? Do you split your time? Do you like, how do you make those decisions on the one you have today versus building the one that you want later? Okay. Gotcha. And that's a really good point, Jordan. Cause it's like, you know, that's, that's pretty much the stakes that everyone starts out with. Right. It's like, you know, I, I always say it's like, you start off on day one, probably unless you know you <laughs> hit a big windfall or a rich uncle or something like that it's going to be not a lot of time or not a lot of money but a lot of time and then gradually we want to get to the point where you have um well <laughs> usually goes a lot of time no money um no time a lot of money if you're doing it right with your numbers then hopefully you get to the point where it's a lot of time and a lot of money but it usually isn't kind of like a linear path like that 
But um, yeah, basically I'll say that like in the early days, like service is actually a really easy competitive advantage to kind of go with. And it is an advantage. Like that's like, you have to position it like that though. Um, there's like a really tough, like kind of like death Valley that I find a lot of attorneys go into where it's like, if you're going to be, um, this is the problem that I see often. Um, you have the situation where people are not pricing themselves well, or like, this is like the, probably the easiest sand trap that I see like early attorneys is like, our competitive advantage is uh, we do great work for for like a for a reasonable reasonable price, and that really stops you from ever getting to the point where you have money but no time. And then it's a huge one for stopping you have money and time because you have to eventually hire people if you want to get your time back, right? So if you're building your competitive advantage on that, then it really stinks. But basically, yeah, like after you've kind of decided, um, your competitive advantage becomes the problems that you're working towards, right? And this could be in your caseload. This could be in the marketing channels you're going after. This could be in the issues that you're running into in consultations. Like I'll give you an example. Um, we're working with a firm right now and he's in a particular part of the Northeast where a lot of people, it's just, you know, older demographics, which you think are really great for estate planning and it is. But the problem is a lot of the people he's talking to already have plans in place. So basically uh, we had like a really tough week or two where he was just like, I just can't close these guys. They all have, uh, they all have plans in place. And like, how am I supposed to sell against this? They're just, you know, they're just sending me their plans and saying, what's the price? And like, uh, you know, tell me how much it's going to take to fix this. So basically what he, what like, so what we ended up working on with him was how can we preempt those? So we know the questions are coming. How can we get our intake script and our consultation around that so that we're having a consultation, we're able to do a deep dive with them with the stuff in front and we can be straight up with them hey look um i know you have some expectations but this is the thing it's not kind of dry bones i have no context on what was important to you when those documents were drafted i have no idea whether the employee the uh, the attorney did it right so what we have to do is have a consultation anyway three possibilities one you're all good i'll let you know and you don't have to hire me at all second thing is it's garbage <laughs> we're not we're gonna have to rewrite the whole thing and do it in place and the third option is there's some things that we can have amendments, but I'll tell you what you need and how it's going to go. And that was a problem that he was facing on, you know, the first couple of weeks of having the campaign live. But the thing is that he got through it and now he has a competitive advantage, which is he knows how to close people that already have plans in place. And if that's the, the, the state of the union in the market, that's something he can keep with him for as long as he wants to practice there. Um, so that's one of those things too. Like I, like I think a, a lot of the, like the competitive advantages that people get, it's like, um, I was, uh, I used this metaphor the other day. It's like, you know, you get a pearl, uh, in an oyster where there's a, a piece of grit, your competitive advantage is the pearls that you end up winning. But every single time the, the piece of grit is something that you're facing another super like thing, like, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about a lot of the people who have a really, really niche, uh, I don't know, like medical malpractice, um, like specialties and that kind of stuff. At one point they were probably like on their 80th hour this week, you know, on the fourth cup of coffee, they hadn't slept in two days, try to crack this case, but they ended up figuring out. And now that's the case that they have on their website. And that's the thing that they're getting referred to because they did such a good job with it. So as far as developing a competitive advantage, like, I don't want to say it's just like, you know, just set it on autopilot and it's going to figure it out. But the thing is that if you're taking steps in the right direction, um, it's kind of like a video game, honestly. It's like, you know, the, the monsters start coming your way, you end up like defeating them, you get your XP and then you level up. Um, so if you're heading in a direction that matters to you, then you're going to pick up competitive advantages. But the prerequisites is that you can't run away from it. Um, and you have to be creative and integrate the feedback that the market's giving you, right? 
um, you know, the way to not develop competitive advantage, like I know this is like a, just to kind of call back earlier, is that if, if you know, we took the, uh, the, the guy I mentioned earlier, if you'd run into that and said, well, this really sucks, I guess this marketing doesn't work, or like maybe I should move my office or something like that, then you don't really have competitive advantages. And the other thing too is that like, I think kind of one of the false beliefs behind that is that, and you'll see this from people that end up in the same place year after year, it's just like the belief that there is an easy path is kind of ignoring the possibility that competitive advantage is out there, right? Because if there's an easy path, it's gonna like if it's easy for you, it's gonna be easy for everyone else. And like having you know been around for a couple of years, it's like there's you know I've seen the the tide shift on a lot of channels that we work with. I've seen competitors rise, I've seen competitors fall. Um, it's never easy. Nothing's a given. And if it is easy, it's going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be flooded before soon. Like take it from, you know, you understand like, you know, with that starting law practice versus starting an agency, like, you know, it doesn't take a two year, three year degree to, to start an agency. So there's, you know, a lot of competitive advantages in there, but it's, it's easy in some ways, but it's, it's difficult in other ones. So yeah, basically uh, if you're taking steps in the right direction, and solving problems intelligently, like that's ultimately how you develop a sustainable competitive advantage. Also one that's tailored to you because it's based on your experience. And ultimately it's something that uh, you're gonna be able to leverage in your market because that's where you're developing it, right? So it's interesting because it sounds like so much of what you're talking about about the competitive advantage is sort of looking back at, you know, looking back at your history, looking back at the cases you've handled, looking back at what you've learned, um, is that the way to find your competitive advantage? Is it that like constantly seeing, you know, where you've come from? It depends. I mean, like a lot of these things seem super obvious in retrospect, but I think like at any stage of the journey, it's like where the energy is coming from is usually a good place to follow. And I don't want to be like too woo woo about it, but it's just like, um, there's certain things that you may not realize at the time, but it's like, it's a natural advantage for you, you know? Um, and like, you know, the, the more woo woo among us would, would say that signals from the universe, <laughs> psychologically aligned of us would, would say that's, you know, you're in a flow state or something like that. So you can usually, you know, it's kind of like the, you know, the old definition, <laughs> you know, when you see it as far as that, but like, yeah, looking back as, I mean, I would say looking back becomes more useful the farther along in your journey you get. Right. But like one of the things that um, this is kind of an interesting concept, sort of like related to this whole thing, but it's just like the adjacent possible. Um, is the that adjacent ever, possible? The adjacent possible, right? Okay. So this was first explained to me um, in like this metaphor of like a spotlight, right? So if you think about it, like imagine where you're at today, and this could be the attorney on day one, right? They have the spotlight facing down on them and they, they can see one step in any direction. If you step on the one step, then a new couple of steps are gonna are, are gonna reach out, right? And basically, it's kind of hard to tell what like you're not gonna be able to see five steps ahead. Generally, um, you're only gonna be able to see the couple steps ahead, maybe if you're if you're super lucky about it. And there's like a lot of uh, definition. Like those actually, it becomes easier to see farther ahead as you get longer in your journey, just because of pattern matching and that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, like you can also see as many steps as you want behind. So when you're starting out, all you really have is the direction that you can go at the moment. But as things progress, you can absolutely take a look back. So it's like you, you probably have a much easier time. Um, this is like true of all marketing, too. Like, you know, if you run a YouTube campaign for like six months, it's like, you know, you know, the like the data is there to be able to cut off whatever audiences are not working for you or whatever. And the same thing, it's like, um, but you can only make decisions moving forward. You can always analyze moving backwards. 
So if you have the data, like taking a retroactive and I mean, it's, it's tough sometimes if you're trying to be honest with yourself and what you like, but there's other ways too. like, you know, if it's all the same to somebody, like, it's not like, you know, that's having an awesome, like inflow workday every day isn't everyone's priority. You can just, you know, the backup question is you know, what, what brings in the most revenue or what brings in the most profit? Like you got equal decisions, you know, that's, that's a great tiebreaker if you need one. Well, and, and along those lines though, it sounds like you're saying, don't, don't hesitate or don't be so afraid of changing competitive advantage. You know, if it started out as the, I'm always going to answer the phone. And now it's, you know, we've got the team that has the expertise in different things. Like, don't be afraid to make that swap. You know, if it's the biggest case you had, if it's the changing practice areas, if it, you know, if you get a different background, if you have a different life experience, you know, am I correct in that? That like, don't, that you are telling people, don't be afraid about changing that competitive advantage. If they have one that's better and i mean better and more impactful more in line with the way they want more i would you know, say, feasible yeah i would say yes with some caveats because it's like i think um it's it's the right recommendation for somebody who's a little bit down the line in the journey it's it's uh it's a dangerous recommendation for somebody who's getting started out because like if they're if they don't have anything um it's very easy to get stuck in the analysis paralysis. And that's when you see the people who've been practicing for 20 years and it's a general practice. And they're not particularly good at anything that they do. Um, a good metaphor for this is uh, driving a car. Like it's easier to turn the wheels when you're moving, right? And basically on top of that, like as long as you're moving forward, even if what you were doing isn't like one-to-one -one, uh, directly applicable to where you want to change things, um, there's elements of a lot of these things are going to move forward. I'm like, not an insignificant one. Uh, and I think this is like, this is why I, I focus a ton on, on intake stuff in the last, uh, you know, two years or so is that if you figure out how to close people from one channel or one practice area, that's a very portable skill. Um, you know, regardless of what you're, uh, you know, air quotes selling at the end of the day, which I know is, uh, <laughs> not a popular word in the legal community, but you know, if you can figure out someone to, you know, how to persuade somebody that you're the right personal injury attorney for somebody there's a couple steps to adapt it, but it's not tremendously difficult from, you know, convincing somebody that you're the right estate planning attorney for them. And you know, that's a pretty rare crossover in terms of <laughs> practice areas. There's obviously some adaptations, but if you're learning how to close people that aren't a referral, that's a very portable skill. So you might not take every single, you know, Lego block with you to the next stage of the journey, but like, it's also, you know, sometimes these, <laughs> these skill sets pop up in interesting, useful ways as, as things go on. So as we get towards the end here, I mean, are there any biggest, do we miss anything or are there any like best tips or best practices that you want to make sure that we cover for attorneys? Oof, um, good one. I mean, this is like a very philosophical episode. Like I'm trying to think as far as, um, you know, I've had some super, super tactical things. And like, I'm trying to think it's like almost to be a can of worms at this point. Um, I would say if there's like one thing that I, uh, I'm really talking about a lot these days, it's uh, taking the initiative on uh, content marketing type stuff. And again, the, the example that we have is, is webinars. And like, this is something that we found in the last year or so. Like basically, um, I think a lot of people have been sold a false bill of goods. And I don't think any of the people who started doing this were doing it for the right reason. I just think they genuinely didn't know any better. 2020 was a huge experiment for everybody. But um, a lot of the times, even really, really great content requires you to go ahead and take the first step as the person who put on that piece of content. So the example that I've been using talking about a lot these days is if you consider a seminar versus a webinar, 
with the people that we've talked about from seminars for the most part, like people who have, if they have the, it's set up in a good way, have a good solid call to action. Um, you'll probably have 80% of the people that you're going to close eventually from that seminar will have filled out the card, went to the back of the room, blah, blah, blah at that point. And you can follow up with the 20% if you want to. And a lot of people don't, um, on the flip side, when you're talking about something like a webinar where there's less, you know, of a literally captive audience, <laughs> a lot of cases we're talking about online, um, you have to take the first step. And like, this isn't like, you know, uh, uh, go to their house and, uh, you know, to hold a radio over your head, like say anything. It's like, you just, you know, call somebody and say, Hey, look, I saw you attend the webinar the other day. Like, um, you know, did you have any interest in taking advantage of XYZ offer that we put at the end of it? And it sounds absolutely crazy, but that is responsible for three or four Xing the returns that our clients are getting from that kind of marketing. But and again, don't tune this out. If you're not an estate planning attorney who's using webinars. I think a lot of the stuff that people put out there with lead magnets, I think a lot of the stuff that people put out there with um, content like this, honestly, like, you know, send a Facebook message to somebody who likes your Facebook live post, you'd be surprised. Um, and again, like there's a lot of stuff around process and how to make that. Like, I think there's a lot of reasons why people don't do that. Um, the mental aspect is, is one of many, but like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting to see what can happen um just by taking the first step with a lot of people and it's not solicitation because it's like they've opted in on some level that's a thing it's like so i think it's a very exciting time because we're kind of seeing this interesting merge of a lot of strategies that have kind of been used exclusively for you know verticals and domains other than law for a while that are really really well developed but it's only for the first time that some of these are becoming available for attorneys and it's just because of you know a shifting landscape over the last year among other things so then, all right, I'm going to jump in on a couple specific things that people can take away then. Yeah. Hit me. Ask clients, go to your clients. Why did you hire me? What was your favorite part about working with us? Um, what did you wish we had done better? Things like that, because you're going to find, you have the potential to find competitive advantages or at least to find sales pitches for future people or content to put out there because you're going to have clients. Hopefully it's not, I came to you because you were the cheapest. Hopefully it's, I came to you because you made me feel the most comfortable. You really listened. I love that you previously had done X. I love that you were also in Y organization. I love that, you know, whatever, whatever it is there. And then as they're working through the process, you know, I love that you all were proactive in reaching out to me. I love that I could get a hold of you within 24 hours at any time. I love that whatever those clients say, as you hear those things consistently, a lot of those things I think become your competitive advantage coming right from your client's mouths which will get you more clients like that, which will get you better reviews, which will, you know, allow you to continue down this path. So that's my advice. If you, uh, well, I agree with that. And I'll also say if you could happen to get that on a zoom, uh, recording and then, uh, put that on your site video, getting that in a video testimonial is fantastic. Like I'm trying to think, what are the ones that we usually ask? It's like, what was your situation when you found us? Um, why did you decide to go with us over somebody else? with us at this point and yeah it's like and a lot of times too it's it's kind of funny it's like i feel like people haven't been speaking about testimonials enough these days it's like i know the google reviews things are having sort of a renaissance um shout out to andy but uh basically uh i think the video reviews and getting that stuff on your site too is good because look hey you know competitive advantage if you've done it you might as well let people know that you did it yeah absolutely all right so our um our next episode that is going to air next monday 
that features Corey Kelly, who's going to talk about your client's experience and how you can secure five-star reviews. So we have truly taken this full circle, or I guess oh, you we have dovetailed <laughs> into the reviews along those lines. Um, Corey has some really interesting legal tech that I think is going to help people provide a better client experience, which will lead to more reviews. He's going to be talking to us about on Monday. To find out more about that, you're going to have to come back on Monday at 1.30 Eastern time to check it. But enough about that. All right, Jan, one last, the diamond nugget of wisdom. If somebody's been listening to this for the last, I don't know, 45 minutes, they take nothing from what you've said except what we're about to talk about right now. What is your biggest piece of, of insight, your biggest takeaway, your most important advice to our attorney listener watchers on how they can become the exhibit A of a successful attorney? There's like an old quote that uh, I think it was like a Zig Ziglar quote or something like that. It's like, you have to be thankful for the problems that you're facing today because it's going to be what people are paying you for tomorrow. Stay in the pocket, work through whatever happens to be, whether it's a marketing challenge, whether it's a client challenge, whether it's an intake challenge. If you get through that, that is a feather in your cap that you have that chances are your, your competition isn't going to take the time to figure out. And the harder it is, the more true that is. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Jordan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Exhibit A Attorneys. If you're interested in becoming the Exhibit A of successful attorney, please check us out at LegalEaseMarketing.com, E-A-S-E.